0: Hey guys, we're Chuck and Brad. We're two comedians who do the Chuck and Brad podcast, a pop culture podcast based out of Rhode Island. We just wanted to let you know that we're going on a short comedy tour called Chuck and Brad Reimagine the Avengers. It's our own comedic retelling of the original Avengers movie, and we're touring the shows the same weekend that Avengers Endgame comes out. So come get a refresher and a new spin on the original Avengers movie before you go see Endgame. Thursday, April 25th, will be in Hartford, Connecticut at the C.T. Comedy Theater with B.J. Quagan, Andrew Morgan, and Stash Makita. Saturday, April 27th, will be in New York City at the Pit Loft with Impractical Jokers tour opener, Jiggy, Impractical Jokers writer, Casey Jost, and UCB veteran, Lisa Kleinman. Sunday, April 28th, will be at Laugh Boston with John Tilson, Logan O'Brien, Tyler Swain, and Dan Hall. All event info and tickets at chuckandbradpodcast.com. Every night we'll have the comics open up the show and we'll close with our live retelling of The Avengers. And for a tiny bit of background, we've done the podcast for 10 years. We've had on great guests like Jeff Tremaine, the director of the Jackass movies, the bands Bowling for Soup, Less Than Jake, Real Big Fish, Big D and the Kids Table, and many, many more. And if you're a big podcast listener, you might know me from uh, Tell Em Steve Dave. I work on film projects for the podcast Tell Him Steve Dave, which is made up of uh, Walton Bryan from AMC's Comic Book Men and Quinn from True TV's and Practical Jokers. I consistently do the film work for the Tell Him Steve Dave Patreon. So come on out, support this very weird live comedy show, and hopefully more and more podcasts will start doing their own live alternative shows. Once again, that's Chuck and Brad Reimagine the Avengers, New York City, Hartford, and Boston. See you at the end of the month. Chuckandbradpodcast.com.
1: Hey there, and welcome back to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly source of all things geeky from a parenting point of view. Assassin's Creed 3 was originally released in the fall of 2012, spouting an entirely new location and a new protagonist, with the previous trilogy all centered on Ezio Auditore. Assassin's Creed 3 would continue and ultimately conclude the modern-day storyline started with the original Assassin's Creed, featuring the Nolan North-voiced hero Desmond. Earlier this year, on March 29th, seven years after its original release, Ubisoft released the remastered version with updated graphics, physics, and gameplay mechanics. Joining me this week is Steve and Matt, and we're going to talk about this remastered version of the games. Hey, guys. Hey.
2: Hello, sir.
1: So because this is a long-running franchise, I wanted to ask you guys how familiar you are with Assassin's Creed. Let's start with Matt.
2: You know, it was one of those things. I uh, picked the game up, like the first, first game, Assassin's Creed. The OG spectacle when it came out for the Xbox. Played through that. I think I'm I think I got either to the end or very close to the end because it just got increasingly more frustrating as it went on. Mm -hmm. Um but -hmm. loved it. So I'm like, oh, they've released a second one and it's in Italy. That's awesome. Picked Mm -hmm. up that one, loved it, beat it, played it, continued that series on with the uh the offshoots from that. Uh didn't get into three till significantly after the fact, just because I'm like, oh, they're changing the character, and I don't know if I like a new character. I like Ezio; he's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then I picked, I picked it up for the 360, played it for a bit, and I, it was all right. I had some issues with it; it wasn't as, um, well, at least I felt it wasn't as graphically uh, astute as the previous installments had been. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, there was laggy issues, and it was just not running great on my at that point older Xbox 360. So I was kind of like, eh, it's all right um and i've played some of the other games since then here and there uh both on the, the xbox and there was a couple of things for the vita it was without the vita the um no, was yeah. the, the, the the vita yeah, i played some for the vita the old school vita as well too just because you know, i enjoyed the yeah <laughs> psp thank you that's what i was looking for psp um yeah enjoyed them uh, they're always fun they're kind of nice to pick up because they're as much as they're story driven they're not they weren't particularly like you have to keep playing and they get addictive. you can kind of pick them up put them down in my opinion
1: yeah well, mm. what about you
3: steve um, for somebody who actually ended up spending a lot of money on, uh, swag, um, because I've got flags, I've got blades, I've got t-shirts all over the place. Um, I actually came in kind of late. I, I, picked up uh brotherhood. That was my first game. And, uh, I love the multiplayer, uh, although I guess, again, nobody expected that, but I played like 300 hours of that multiplayer and uh, I loved, I loved the game. So I actually went backwards and ended up playing two and then one. And, uh, I was really, really heavy into the game. Uh, ironically, uh, up until AC3, uh, for some reason, I think just the timing of it. Um, I've been playing so much uh, Assassin's Creed uh, up to that point that uh, I kind of burned myself out. I think a little bit. Uh, I also did play the Vita version as well, and um, and then yeah, I didn't I didn't really play through three as as hard as I'd liked. Uh, kind of skipped through four. Uh, I did finish Unity. I, actually, I'm one of the few people who thought that one was okay. Uh, And then uh, I petered out in Syndicate. So I actually haven't played the two newest ones. Uh, I fully intend to, but uh, that's my run with Assassin's Creed.
1: Yeah, and for me, I started with the original Assassin's Creed, just like Matt, on the 360. I ended up actually playing that game because I remember seeing the E3 presentation for it and being really impressed by that animatic, which wasn't actually gameplay. Mm -hmm. But I ended up playing it on the 360, and it it was all right. Uh, 2 was definitely my favorite of the original games that that trilogy or quadrilogy. there are four games for that right yeah
3: there's revelations yeah. as well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um the the
1: <laughs> etio games are quite fun i do have it on the vita i thought that was a technical marvel at the time um having a, an assassin's creed game on there that and the uncharted game seemed to be better than it should be on that system mm-hmm. um and then i kept playing um i didn't end up playing all of assassin's creed 3 originally on my PS3. It was the sort of nearing the end of the PS3's era. So it sort of got you know pushed to the side when four came out just a year later actually. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up playing more. I definitely play Origins and I've played Odyssey, which I think is probably the best two of the series so far.
2: But yeah, I no, I've played a, a little bit of Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah, I played a little bit of Odyssey and I really did enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I'm really
3: looking forward to Odyssey actually. That's the one that's gotten me most interested uh, in the in my apps in my 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 wilderness years of Assassin's
1: Creed. <laughs> it's funny you talk about merch and the only Assassin's Creed hoodie I have is Connor's hoodie because I remember seeing it at <laughs>
4: hmm.
1: Fan Expo before the game came out and being like mm-hmm. that looks really cool. I'm definitely going to go for that. So I bought it and it's one of my more comfy hoodies. That's not important. Anyway, so this game is the final chapter for the original franchise hero, Desmond, who's voiced by Nolan North, like I said earlier. Um, And it sort of tells the story about the Assassin's Order as they fight the Templars. Through the use of the Animus, Desmond connects with Connor, a Native American assassin living in the middle of the American Revolutionary War. And only through learning about the Assassins and the Templars through Connor's eyes does Desmond find the knowledge and the the strength to stop the end of the world. That's the basic story of this. Mm-hmm. Game? Did you find the the story compelling? Like, did it did it grab you when you originally played this game, or even now?
3: Um, well, I mean, I was intrigued. I mean, uh, because I kind of jumped into the middle of the story because I started in Brotherhood. Uh, I. And to be honest, I think that was actually a good point to jump in because going mm-hmm. back, uh, I thought it was a little bit clunky in the very first Assassin's Creed. It was interesting. Like it added an extra really interesting kind of layer of like, well, what's going on here? You know, because, you know, you really were this like everyman bartender character who just got nabbed off the street and you're like, OK, I can relate to this guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it really started to take off in Brotherhood, I feel. And um, yeah, I mean, I was interested, but I, I have to admit I was starting to get a little bit lost because of how mysterious uh, it was th- mm-hmm. throughout the series. And uh, likewise with AC3, it was still still kind of dense.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of backstory in this game that you don't get through the games, even though you're doing yeah. it and walking and talking. A lot of mm-hmm. it is through those little tombs that you get throughout the game in the animal yeah. database. What about Definitely. You, what about a lot
3: you, of extra
2: man? reading. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: What do you think of the story, or how well, did it grip you? Did it grip you?
2: Well, it's funny, like you said, like that. That for me, with the series generally, the uh, those little uh, like interjections, the stuff you find, the little historical tidbits. That was one of my favorite parts. Is the you, know, you come across a landmark, you come across a person, you kind of read the history on them, if they existed, if they didn't. Um, it was uh being a huge theater nerd uh, when I was playing through a c three and you come across Charles Lee, I started laughing. because yeah. you know, the musical Hamilton. It's like it's like <laughs> I'm a general we yep. yep. yeah. Couldn't I help laughing. The same thing. But it's kind of neat. it was it's always been really interesting, and that's partially why I was a really a big fan of uh, Assassin's Creed too, is because you're going through the Borgia history, yeah, which yeah. in Italy at that time, there was so much going on there. And that's, you know, when they were really in the midst of their architectural renaissance. Mm -hmm. So all these buildings with all the history and then all the people with all the history, it's, you know, it's kind of, and it's, I enjoyed being able to play a game where you got to shamelessly murder people and learn something at the same time.
3: Yeah, And to, to like go through all that architecture too, like the details, the architecture, as it improved through the games, Exactly, uh, really added to that element yeah. of just walking through history and, you know, and killing people through history. Yeah. <laughs> but but,
2: but the flip was
3: a, was a, was a big plus definitely.
2: Yeah. But for me, that was almost the, the flip side of it was especially with three is that unless you're in like, you know, Boston Common or whatnot, uh, a lot of the architecture is not that impressive because they were still at the formative years yeah so you're not really getting that that same scope that you got when you were dealing with you know the the a c two spanouts where you're dealing with all this gorgeous european architecture you're dealing with a lot of you know like not log cabins but this, that kind of a vibe where there's not a lot of really grandiose buildings because they hadn't been built yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if uh, we would have taken the story more at least uh, we would have been grasped by the story more if we were American like a lot of the history mm-hmm is American history. So we don't really get that as Canadians. We sort of get a mm-hmm. sprinkling definitely more than the Americans yeah. get of Canadian history. But yeah. I think... You, I, I you thought the
3: American setting was was exciting though. But, I, did, I did appreciate it for that. There is a familiarity there that you're talking about and I, I didn't yeah. feel that. So despite that it not being like as romantic as any of the other settings have been, uh, that's definitely true. Um, I, I Well, I remember with the transition to AC3, you know, the, the density uh, of the buildings was a nice upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and the forest uh, sequences were really nice too. So, you know, there were some changes yeah. there, but I liked it.
1: I think the, the coolest thing that they started adding in this story, and it's something, a theme that they've added through the linear stories, unfortunately you guys haven't tried it yet, but you'll see um, they, there's this sort of moral grayness and, mm-hmm. the and the villains because we they're looking at the Templars and the Assassins right and we get um, we get both of our protagonists and they're sort of on both sides of the story Yeah, sort to see that mm-hmm. there's a little bit of you can find the humanity in both sides but there's some yeah. badness for both and it's sort of juxtaposed against that Colonials versus the British yeah. mm-hmm. at the time which is a great yeah, way to start it started in this game
2: that was the one thing I did find uh, is as the series went on is that they, they really kind of highlighted uh, a lot of the, the moral gray area of, of both sides of the argument. Because again, that's one of those as history progresses and you have this epic feud, mm-hmm. the, the further away you get removed from the initial incident, the sides are going to be like, well, we, we don't like them. Why? Well, because we don't like them. It's like a feud, it's like a family feud. It's like, yeah. why do we hate them? Well, because we do. Mm-hmm. but it's true. they're still human and they're still people and you know a lot of the times it's like it's not personal it's business at this point mm-hmm. there's like that deep rooted hatred was kind of removed it almost became just like a, a matter of business
1: yeah and talking about those people and talking about those buildings that we were just previously mentioned, what did you think of how they brought the world of the 1770s to life in this game? I
2: think aesthetically they really they spent the same amount of time they do on all the games they really fleshed it out quite nicely uh, like mm-hmm. the geography made sense the aesthetics all made sense if you've been to see a lot of those historical sites if you know yeah, Utah, it's very accurate. States, very accurate which is you know it's always great to see it was one of the things that I find a lot of Ubisoft games, when they really try to base them in, in geographical locations that exist, they really spend a, a very fine attention to detail with making sure things look the way they're supposed to look. And then you know, finding that one point that's like, this is like the, the touchstone or the keystone for that area. And then you can fabricate around it, but you want that thing that you can see today to be accurate so that people go, I know that what that looks like if they've seen it.
1: Yeah, one of my favorite things about... Um this game is the architecture like we said earlier mm-hmm. and how the the windows aren't level with each other because yeah because buildings weren't like that back in the day like yeah. it's nice little details like that that you can mm-hmm. you can just see throughout this whole world and i remember there being an old saying that you could walk from one side of north america to the other side just purely based on the amount of trees there were and that's something mm-hmm. that you don't really see now in uh, the states w- w- with them, you know, tearing down everything. But you get that you get that sense in this game, especially when you get to Connor.
3: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
1: We should we should talk about um, the language and the the people that inhabit this world. Like we both, mm-hmm. we get the the colonials, we get the the British, and then we get the Native Americans. Yeah. What do you think of how they characterize each of these different sets of people? I think that, I think
3: they did it. uh, I think they did a good job. I mean, I I think that because of what we were saying earlier about like the moral sort of grayness of it, there's no, there's no clear cut good guys or bad guys, even in the uh, historical uh, characters. Although I guess some of them portrayed more as bad than anything, but, um, but I, I do think that they, I think they were sensitive to the fact that they were portraying the first, you know, Native American hero um, and then there was also, you know, Native American issues at the core, you know, of this, uh, you know, American Revolution. Um, so I think from that perspective, yeah, I, I think it was very, they did a very careful job. But the attention to detail in terms of the the way they spoke and the way they addressed, you know, like language differences and things, I thought was really, uh, really bang
2: on. Yeah, no, again, that's, you could see that their fine attention to detail really did play through on that one. Uh, it was definitely, definitely really well handled and very... Uh, appropriately handled as well too because it could have that could have flown off the rails real fast if they weren't careful
1: so with the remastered game there are some new gameplay aspects that they've added not only the graphical uh tweaks but they've added some weapon crafting they've added the stealth mechanics which weren't actually there originally so they added the hiding in bushes and whistling which seems like a assassin's creed staple now there's there's also some added parkour mechanics that they've added to make the game sort of more in line with what you would play in a 2019 version of an Assassin's Creed game. What did you guys think of that? Let's go with Matt first.
2: Um, no, I definitely found that, uh, especially the addition of the, uh, the stealth aspects, uh, it was really nice to see those come back. Cause I remember that was one of the really frustrating aspects that we didn't have when the for game first came out. Cause I'm like, I just, there's a shrub right there. Let me hide in the shrub. And it would get a little irritating. <laughs> um, Especially with some of the earlier stealth missions in uh, in Boston and whatnot, it would get really frustrating really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I really did appreciate uh, the the fact that they really kind of upgraded the uh, upgraded the controlling and had it meshed together along the same lines of the series and where it's gone since then. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a more uh, a more uniform control set and a uniform usage.
1: Yeah. yeah what
2: did you? Uh, I- so yeah. Uh, Steve. Oh, uh, well, I loaded up uh, the PS3 version just for
3: comparison, and yeah, I agree. Uh, the, the latency is very good in the new version. Um, everything does feel a little bit tighter, and uh, as you said, Erica, it's, it's more consistent with the current uh, run of Assassin's Creed games. So they did a really great job on polishing up just the, like, the actual in-game uh, uh, frame rate. Uh, animation, everything's super smooth and controls really tight. So yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great polish uh, in terms of uh, just the straight gameplay.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, they've also added a new mini-map, which was pretty neat. And it showed which way the enemies were facing and it really helped with the stealth. And I thought yeah. that was a great, really great addition. I don't even remember if they have that in Origins or Odyssey, but I, I assume they do. They do, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, were there any issues you had playing this game? I know it's still a game from 2012. So there are some things that you couldn't, you can't really change in a fundamental, like a fundamental way in the game.
2: The uh, well, for me, the one thing that I noticed, and it was it was very early on, so it wasn't a huge issue. Uh, I still found there was a lot of uh, a lot of lagging going between when, when like especially when dialogue cutscenes would happen, mm. where you know like the 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 sync sink, the syncing of the voices to the animation was not. Great. It, it was really bad, actually. To be yeah. Honest. Um. Well, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it wasn't great. It was. It was on par with what I remember from playing AC3 the first time. Yeah. Only problem yeah. being is that when you're doing a remaster version, especially with the amount of time they did to really polish everything up, it was a little disappointing that they didn't spend just a little bit of time trying to sync things up a little bit better. But obviously, you know, you can't have everything.
1: Yeah. It's hard. And, to, it's, it's hard to redo like,
2: and like animatic. Yeah, or... exactly. So, yeah, I, I under, I understood that. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a deal breaker for me, but I just kind of remember like, you know, you play through, you know, the first little bit, and you're like, this is great. It's so clean. It's so smooth. And then you get to a cutscene, And I was just like, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> for nostalgia factor, it was great, but it was a little disappointing for a remaster.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, i know I, I noticed a couple things like i've the thing that really bothered me in this game was you'd ha- you'd be in a fight then there'd be a load screen which would take a couple seconds and then mm-hmm. there'd be a little animation then another load screen and then you go back and walk around then you go into a building load screen there's a lot of load screens in this game i noticed yeah i feel like they've they've really streamlined that in later games but that that that's a product of 2012 but there are also a, no- a number of things that they've Gotten rid of from the Assassin's Creed games, like the walking along a, an NPC while they're telling you a story. I hate doing that. Oh, yeah, man. that was yeah. really
2: irritating.
1: And I, I thought the the weirdest thing about this game is that it takes you like an hour and a half before you get to see Connor. Yeah, yeah. You're just doing yeah. everything, and you're just like, well, I guess we'll. Look at this Templar story first.
3: Yeah, I think I don't know. That's that's for another discussion. But I, I definitely think they were trying to really uh, introduce like a, a really in-depth dive into a new setting and a new era mm-hmm. with new characters. And I think yeah. they kind of got a little bit carried away with the intro. But right? they
1: really did that with Rogue, right? That that was their yeah. That was their time mm-hmm. to do that, and they had that in the pipeline. I don't know. See,
2: uh, see, for me, it was one of those things that I always I remember the first time I played it, and the same thing happened where it was it was. It felt like a really interesting fake out, and it probably would have been effective if they hadn't spent so much time advertising Connor as the main character. That's fair. Sure. Yeah. So it's one of those like if you just if you just pitch it as, you know, it's Assassin's Creed, it's colonial USA, and they'd spent like they did with, with uh, like with Odyssey, where it's like you're not getting the focus on the character, you're getting a focus on the setting. Mm-hmm. That I think if they'd done that instead, instead of making Connor like the it's a new character, it's not Etsy anymore, it's a brand new character named Connor and this and this and this. People wouldn't have been as annoyed by the fact that you have to get you know a significant chunk of the game in before you even see that character, yeah um because it was kind of a neat little fake out where you spent all this time playing someone else and then and then you were like, oh, this is the actual character now mm-hmm. yeah,
1: um so we talked about the there being janky animations during the cutscenes what, what what did you think of the technical state of the game um how are the graphics were there bugs in this game uh steve what, why don't you go?
3: Uh, I think it was pretty good. Um, like, you know, that was would have been my only comment. Is what you guys already brought up. I think some of the the, the only disappointing things that make the game show its age are the cutscenes, uh, the pre the pre rendered CG stuff isn't as sharp as it could be. Um, and I should mention they also bundled it with a Liberation, mm-hmm. and uh, that one really shows. Its limitations, right? Because it was coming from Vita to PS3, then from PS3 to PS4, yes. and so like, yeah, all the pre-rendered stuff looks like, you know, like a lot, a lot more low res, and mm-hmm. and that game also they had much even worse time, you know, converting like the cutscenes. So, um, yeah, I feel like the best parts of the game really are just when you're playing, and mm-hmm. you really just want to get back to that part because that part looks great. Yeah. But yeah, the the talking bits and the CG bits. Yeah, they, they show their age and unfortunately they don't quite, but they, it's also like a, you know, it's a it's a, not a full price game, right? So, you know, it's a, it's a remastered bundle and I think that's a
2: fair price for two games.
1: Yeah. What did you think, Matt?
2: Uh, no, I agree with that. That was really, that was the biggest issue I had. I also had one little anim- animatic hiccup that just made me chuckle. It was, it was just very, right at the very beginning when you were on the ship, mm-hmm. uh, traveling all over and dealing with that. There was the one, you know, you have the load screen. Okay, cool, it's loaded up. And it cuts, you know, it's the ocean. It's like day 20, like 60, whatever it is. I can't remember what it is. And it was just, it was a shot of the ocean. And I'm like, cool. And then all of a sudden you see the little pixels hitting the ships there. Yeah. Like it was just one of those, like there was just an animation lag that I'm like, it was such a, if they did that intentionally, it's a great throwback to the <laughs> original version. But if it's not, I was like, that for me, I, I, when that happened, I'm like, this is not really boating well. Because again, I found a lot of the stuff early on in the ship, that's where I found a lot of the, the bugs occurred, just with lag and with the cutscenes being really janky. Once I got off the boat, it was beautiful and it was great to see and I was really appreciative of the work. So I don't know if that was just that they, wanted, they kind of rushed the opening to get to the, US, to the mainland and once you're in the mainland, they spent a lot of the work there or if it was just happenstance, but it kind of made me chuckle. Because I'm like, if this is intentional, it's brilliant. And if it's not, yikes.
3: Um, I, I did have one pretty funny uh, error but it was like right after I landed so it's kind of ironic that you didn't you had something before you landed but mm-hmm. um, once I got onto the pier uh, about a third of the people the NPCs were walking backwards like at <laughs> first I, I noticed one person, like walking backwards it's like oh that's kind of interesting and I started to look around I was like oh actually there's a lot of people doing it It's and it looked very natural too like it wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't like you know like really like janky but it was like almost like wow there's a lot of Interesting behavior here, yeah. Oh, that's weird. You know, I, I've uh, never,
1: I never got any of the big bugs <laughs> like you guys. I, well, that I wasn't a severe thing,
3: it's just NPCs, yeah. right? It didn't matter, but yeah. it was just I kind didn't of catch that,
2: but I wasn't paying attention that closely, <laughs> yeah. so it might have very well happened with what I was yeah. playing too. I almost yeah, didn't I, notice it.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely would have tried to see things like that. Um, the yeah. thing I the what I noticed about this game compared to the previous game is that. We said it's very smooth. Like they've locked the frame rate at 30 FPS for this uh, version at Mm -hmm. 1080p. And I remember in the original game, like you'd be in a fight and things would like lag all the way down. Or if there were a lot of people on screen, it would just be like, like you know how in Unity you would go through a square and it'd just be (laughs) like, well. I guess I'm already on the other side. I didn't know how I walked yeah. there, but it, it sort of happened. Um, yeah. This one, it was just like they've. It looks like they've added more people, and it's smoother yes. to walk through. And mm-hmm. they've they've added some really nice little um, graphical updates, and like they've added some bloom lighting and some yeah. some haze that mm-hmm. you don't really get in the original game. The the draw distance is a little bit further, which mm-hmm. is really yeah. nice. I think I think I think like technically and graphically, this game really really shines right now at least as a remaster it's
2: yeah um, absolutely yeah yeah totally it, agree. It's
1: not as pretty as odyssey but it's it's pretty it's pretty good
3: no it's a good remaster the gameplay is is solid
1: so it's but, definitely
2: been elevated up yeah
1: yeah so with odyssey and with um origin the they've they've oh. actually um they've actually added some educational aspects to the game and it was something really neat and i, I know a lot of parents um appreciated that there was like this guided tour of Egypt or guided tour of Greece. Um, what do you think about this game? Is there any sort of educational aspect that you can give to parents or kids for this?
2: Yeah, Matt. Uh, you know, I think I think definitely just given the 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 amount of time they spent to make sure it was historically accurate.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: that mixed in with the fact that you get all these little wonderful historical tidbits with all the buildings and the geography and even the political climate. Uh, I think generally it is it is something that if the the person playing is what I would classify as age-appropriate for it, absolutely, there's a lot you can learn from this.
3: Yeah, no, I, th- I think all the Assassin's Creed games do have that element of, like, you're kind of in there and it might, you know, um, make you curious, you know, to explore something. And, I mean, I learned a lot of uh, information from the Italian games and that I further, you know, followed up on. Um, I think with this, this American one in particular, y- you have to kind of go into, like, the little... Uh, extra information
4: mm-hmm.
3: bits that unlock. I did actually read through them, and I was like, yeah, these are actually really, really good, you know? But you, you have to kind of go into that a little bit to yeah. really appreciate it a little bit more, I think, so...
1: <laughs> you sort of have to be yeah. that person that will read all those databases.
3: Yeah, I don't yeah. know how they're doing it with Odyssey and Origin, but yeah, in this game you you, you kind of have to go into the database to get the full appreciation of the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Um, so... We've pretty much talked, touched upon everything in this game. Do you think it's worth it for someone to buy it? it someone who hasn't played maybe the original game? Um, Steve, let's go with you first.
3: Um, I think if you are an Assassin's Creed fan and you have played through some of the earlier ones and for whatever reason didn't end up playing AC3, this is definitely the best version of AC3. And I think
2: it's worth it on, on that basis, yes. Matt? No, I absolutely agree with that one. I think, especially if someone's gotten into the series, even with some of the last games that have come out, it's definitely worth going back and picking this up just to get a little more story, just to see the the, the scope of it a little bit more, for sure.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have any final thoughts on this game before we end this nice little review?
2: Um. The, the one thing that I, you know, I'll throw in there that I always like to throw. Well, I don't usually like to throw this in, but I'll throw it in there because I'm trying to be more responsible as a host. Um, <laughs> it, it's a great game. It's certainly not as violent as most games are.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I think uh, all, all parents need to be aware that you know the game is called Assassin's Creed, so a lot of what you're doing does involve murder. Yep. Uh, so when you do have to be very mindful of you know the age restrictions on the game. If you're good, especially if you're going to let kids watch you play it, or you're going to let want or if they want to play it. Be mindful of the content. You do get a lot of wonderful history, but like like all eras and like all the games and where they take place, the history was not exactly a very a very pleasant place.
1: Fair, fair. Steve,
3: I don't know if I have anything to add to that. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just looking at it from the perspective of the the huge expanse of Assassin's Creed games. And uh, I'm really happy to see them remastering some of these so that you know people who may have missed out on the PS3 and only have PS4s get a chance to go back and play. Um, I'm kind of curious how people who jumped in on Origins or uh, Odyssey would feel about some of these games. Because I feel like Syndicate and even Unity, uh, hopefully, are... F- still kind of measure up to Origins and Odyssey, but I do feel like that there was a, there was a period like right at four Rogue and AC3 where they made a big shift. And mm-hmm. so AC3 was, I think, one of the first more experimental games. And so I, I have kind of nostalgia goggles for it. Um, but I think, you know, as a, as a, as a budget remaster bundle, um, I think it's, it's an interesting, uh, curious part of uh, Assassin's Creed. I don't know if it's essential but I do think it's worth revisiting in the current state.
1: Yeah, with uh, Assassin's Creed 3 remastered, Ubisoft has added not only a new coat of paint to the game that's seven years old, but it does an admirable job adding some modern gameplay mechanics seen in the more recent Assassin's Creed games. The 18th century world comes alive with these new graphical tweaks and the added weapon crafting and stealth mechanics help players only familiar with the newest additions to the franchise. The inclusion of all the DLC, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberations, and the behind the scenes content is Really, really a welcome inclusion for fans of the series. Unfortunately, with all of these additions, they can't change the janky animations, the old gameplay mechanics that are still there, and <clears throat> walking for story points, uh, a little bit of the old combat. <clears throat> but, yeah, and it really can't change that horrible ending for Desmond, which we uh-huh. don't need to get into. No. Overall, I think it's a, it's a great addition for the Assassin's Creed fan, but it might not, like Steve said, be for people who just who have just started with origins and odyssey mm-hmm. so thank you guys for coming along let's say i i would like to thank ubisoft for sending us a review code so that we could look it over and you know try and give you guys an idea of what we thought of this game
3: mm-hmm. thank you mm-hmm. thank you guys so much
1: let us know what you thought of the game send us an email check us out on facebook send us a tweet mm-hmm. have a good night and thanks for listening goodbye bye Bye. Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at geekswithkidstn. Check out our pics on Instagram at geekswithkids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you liked what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment? This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.